Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. I guess we're going to call this number 181, Neil. Exactly, even though there's a chance it could come out after 182 if something... Who knows? If, who knows? if, if something of time importance comes up, who knows, right? Yes. Well, honestly, summer's flying by, so this actually... the, the Our guest today actually sort of has a shelf life because... Like I said, summer is really going fast. But anyway, let me tell you a quick story, Neil. You know, I used to talk about how I recorded from my Pillow Fortress of Solitude, which that was my bedroom, right? Yes. Where my wife has way too many pillows on the bed. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> and I would, like, myself up and surround myself with pillows. Well, my Wi-Fi has died at my house. Oh, shit. So today I am recording from my childhood bedroom. Actually, it's not exactly my childhood bedroom, but my brother and I, when we were teenagers, did share this room for a couple of years. Because my parents have high, great Wi-Fi, and I don't. So I'm sitting in this tiny room that my mother's turned into this sort of like holly hobby nightmare well, scenario. Let me sitting in the chair that my dad used to have. Dad used to use when he was the mayor of this small town. So it's, it's a really weird. Uh, let me ask you about that. So how come yes. how come your par- your parents are advanced enough to have Wi-Fi? Because when I would go to England, my mom and dad, they, Jesus, they were lucky they still had a phone. Never mind Wi-Fi. So that's actually very impressive. <laughs> my- my dad, my dad, you know, runs a small business, and he's very computer savvy for a guy, you know, pushing seventy. No, I thought he was closing the gun store. Did he not close it? He still has like a little knife and ammunition store. So oh Jesus! He works okay. like he's basically like he's like semi-retired. He works like three days a week. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, so, anyway it's, it's, sort of it sounds great. They're it's, just sort of doddering around here, you know. It so, sounds yeah. it sounds great. So maybe you should do it from there every every week in your old bedroom with all your old posters on the wall, no doubt. Detroit Lions to, and like, shit. I feel like right the urge to touch myself. Oh god, god. <laughs> okay. Anyway, are, are your old porno mag still there? Is that it? No, I don't think so. So Neil, last year <laughs> I, we I ran it and raved about a festival I went to. I drove way to the western end of Maryland to go to a festival. Do you remember what that was called? It's called Savage Savage Mountain, Savage Mountain right? Yes. And today we are pleased to have with us Jerry. It's La Femina, right, Jerry? I want to add a, I want to add like an extra syllable in there and like say La Feminina, but it's actually La Femina, right? Actually, La Femina. La Femina. Okay. Hmm. That's a, that's very French, I assume. Italiano. Gotcha. But Jerry is the president of Savage Mountain Punk Arts, and also, I think there's a couple organizers, but one of the main organizers of the savage mound punk fest so in our continued sort of coverage of all the cool festivals coming this summer we thought we'd have you on so how you doing jerry good to talk to you i'm doing great i'm so happy to be here i love you guys well, well thanks thank you man. very much it's, it's a it's a pleasure to have you you know i went to this thing last year and had such a good time and i'll talk more about it later but it literally started when we went to when we first got to the gig Neil, yes. jerry's partner whose name is mercedes was like the one taking the tickets mm-hmm. and scott scott and i come walking up you know two big bald dudes and i swear she starts like breaking our balls as soon as we walk before we <laughs> even get the <laughs> good stuff i'm like this is the place for us right yeah well so um, <laughs> we can take it Remind remind everybody, Tom, uh, what kind of place it was at. Was it a, was it a was it a was it a venue? Was it a club? Was it a was it, it a was, theater? It was an old school bar, Jerry. Why don't you? So this is not the first location you had this thing at, right? Yeah, we we actually moved to this location um, because our, our our first club, a place called Dante's in Frostburg, closed, and we were looking for different venues. And uh, one of one of the members of our board suggested Mezzo's. And we went into the basement, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is a rock and roll club. This is, 
the t- it reminded me of CBGBs of my youth. You know, it was dirty, it was gritty, it was dark, um, but it was really cool. And it had these windows behind the stage area. And I was like, this is amazing. It's long and narrow. It sounds great. It looks great. But then you can go up a flight of stairs and be in a place that serves pretty good food for oh, that's relatively inexpensive prices. Yeah, And it has a pretty, good. it's pretty nice upstairs. Like it's wood and it's like a nicer old school bar. I, see, it's funny you say it's like the CBGBs. Because when I went down there, I'm like, this is like a church basement. This is like somewhere you'd have a potluck. <laughs> You know, but it's got all that uh, industrial piping, all the air conditioning ducts, and all that is exposed. Um, It actually used to be, I think it was like a fraternal order lodge, like Uh maybe an Elks Club. And actually, that basement was the bowling alley. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Back when, you know, like people used to set the pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with my hand, yeah. But you come down the stairs, Neil, and the stage is literally right at the bottom of the stairs. Hmm. And there's windows, but like you said, windows behind the stage, so you can see from the street. And it's a long, narrow room, and then it juts out like an L, so there's like room for the merch and stuff. It's real. It's really well, so, it, when it gets cr- crowded, it gets crowded. But it's a nice, it's a good, good facility for it. Definitely. So, so beers on. were beers were relatively inexpensive, which you know I appreciate. Yes, you appreciate that. Well, so hold on yes. a second. So when you come down the stairs, you you walking in front of the stage. You said the, you said the stairs are by the stage, right? You don't have to go right in front of it, but you're walking on the side of it. Pretty oh, much, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, no, it sounds like it sounds like a great place. Now, how how many years has Savage Mountain been going for, there, Jerry? We 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 did our first one in 2016. Uh, it started like this. We had a we had a great venue in Frostburg where I live and where I teach, um, and it called Dante's. And you know it, the bar got pretty dead when all the college students left. Hmm. And and I knew they needed something to happen. Like and I said, well, look, if if what would you do if I said, can we throw a punk fest? And uh, I started with just all regional bands, and I basically said. It wouldn't cost the bar anything, which meant whatever that came through the door and whatever I had to supplement out of pocket, it would it would happen. And gotcha. it cost me a couple hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so they they thought it went well enough to try it again. And so I doubled the, um, <laughs> you know, I, I did what any smart person does. I say I could double my losses. Um, <laughs> And I doubled the band budget, and I brought in uh, the Undead and uh, the Independents, and I also doubled the audience. And um, by then, I was starting to get emails from these bands after that that wanted to play. So we brought Argyle, Goolsby, um, and um, Cryptkeeper 5, and the the pagan babies, the old Philadelphia hardcore band for the mm. next one, and and then suddenly we were like talking to the queers, mm. um, and uh, you know so we we did the queers and it was great, and then um, the club went out of business. Um, we were really by that point we I was still in the red, but we were bringing in so much business to the bar that it was holding its own but it was just uh poorly managed and it closed and we decided to move to mezzos and then of course COVID happened ah yeah yeah 
Um, so, you know, I like to say that this is the, um, technically it's the seventh annual festival with a, with an asterisk for the festival that didn't happen, you know, <laughs> like the steroid years in baseball. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no shit. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, since remember, remember we like five minutes ago and I was talking about how I figured we, what, how we go about this. Yes, we sir. already totally blew it. So let's play a song. <laughs> okay. And then we'll. We'll attempt to get back on track. Whether we get on track or not, I don't care. But we'll play a song. So what do you have any particular order you want to play these songs, Jerry? Uh, I think, you know, in honor of Fourth of July, uh, we're recording this on the fifth, we should play Kilikami for Mommy by the Jasons. That would be great. I love the Jasons. I was just listening to them yesterday. Okay. So it's this, been a DJ. Okay, so this is the uh, the Jasons with Kilikami Kilikami for Mommy. There you go. Johnny Ramon would like that. He would.
Yeah. Okay, we're rolling. That's good. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Get worried and then get excited. <laughs> So, do a reaction that your man just fell down now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get up. Yeah. <laughs> do the get up again. Get up, get up. Dude, get, don't get up in this ball. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, okay. There you go, that was the Jasons there with Killer Kami from Mommy, who a band that I missed on Saturday night, unfortunately. Yeah. But I was I was thinking maybe uh the other one that would be appropriate is maybe Red Blooded American Punk Rock. <clears throat> Another great song that I hope to hear them play here in a month or so. No, ju- just to just to interject, so all the bands all the short songs we're gonna play tonight, these are all bands that are gonna be playing at the fest this year, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. So there you go, everybody. And we're super excited by the festival this year. I mean, I really have to say uh, it's the most diverse lineup we've ever had. Well, on a per- on a personal note, I was talking. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I, well, yeah, as I say, on a personal note, I was talking to my friend Chris, who is the singer for Men Doing Nothing, and I was real excited when his band was going to get to play. And I said, man, it's a long way. It's a long way. I really need like one sort of like bucket list band that I've never seen before. And believe it or not, for whatever reason, I had never seen Blank 77. So when you announced that Saturday Night Headliner, I'm like, all right, that might be the one that pushes it over the edge because I love that band. Got all their albums. I've never seen them play. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it is a tremendously good lineup. And you know what? All right, let's get back to that. Jerry, before we started, before we started recording... <laughs> You were actually talking about having played the CBGBs and, and stuff like that. So you've been in the scene a long time. What do you? Are you from like the uh, Cumberland or like the? Are, are you? Is that? Are you oh from gosh, that area? no! I'm a New York kid. I'm a New York kid. Um, so uh, my first show as a musician was opening for Suicidal Tendencies at a CBGB matinee, uh, Sunday matinee in 1983. I was in a band called Expletive Deleted. Um, the guy who was the uh, founding bass player of that band and then eventually became the guitarist he uh lives in connecticut but he actually serves as the treasurer of savage mountain punk arts and he comes out every year for the festival and and comes out for a lot of the other events we put on i mean he's is he, really dedicated is he the dude who was wearing like a like a maybe like a british flag on a leather or a denim vest or something like that he was, wear, he was wearing CBGBs on the back of a denim vest. Okay, it could you know, be. Because I remember there's another guy, another guy talking about that. So you, you're like from New York City, or you're, is that where you're from originally? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island in the Lower East Side. Um, I went to school, I went to high school in Chelsea, um, uh, New York Chelsea, Neil, not your Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. um, and um, you know, uh, the first show I ever saw was Kraut with uh, a very early Murphy's Law, very early Reagan Youth, and a very early heart attack at Tompkins Square Park 
Um, I think I was uh, right before I turned 14 years old. So what was that? So like this was 82 or something? 80-ish? Was yeah, yeah, it was, it was 82. 82. 82, yeah. okay. So 82. you're saying, so to, to double back, so the first show your band ever played was a CBGB show with Susan Tensies? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's we better also, than my first I mean, gig in the backyard or whatever, you know, huh? <laughs> and let me tell you, I was the most scared I've ever been. I was a 15-year-old kid, you know? I mean, uh and I CBGB's was, was wasn't that pants. big. It wasn't that big, but it was so legendary, especially in that era. Still, it still had its. They were still doing the matinees and stuff. Was it a Sunday matinee? Sunday matinee. Nice. Man, that must have been and, crazy and, though, with with suicidal tendencies right about then. That suicidal tendencies. Jesus. Suicidal tendencies were so big. Was so big that the matinee listed them on the ad in the Village Voice as institutionalized in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> And it was still packed. Hmm. So it was a madhouse. So, so that's that's funny. So how did? I mean, I'm sure it's a long road, but how did you end up from New York City, which obviously you know the metropolitan capital of the world, to Western Maryland, which is not without its charms, but is very rustic, if we're being honest, right? How does how does one uh, make the journey? I mean, you can give me the long story short, but uh, that's a it just seems like a strange place to end up. The 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 the, the long story short is we'll work for food, right? Um, <laughs> I, I I left I left New York in uh, when I was twenty two years old. That would have been the summer of nineteen ninety. Uh, ended up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, for grad mm. school. Um, played. Played in a ska band there for a couple of years called Tom Collins and the Cocktail Shakers. Sorry. Um, ended up getting a job in northern Michigan in Grayling. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Grayling was a, is a town of 1,100 people. That makes yeah, Frostburg small. look like a major metropolitan area. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, at least Frostburg has is, a record store, right? Uh, this, is, this is Grayling um, in 1995, you know, um, no, you know, you had internet, but you didn't have cell phones. Um, you, you know, y- y- Amazon shows up a little later. Um, I used to travel everywhere with coolers in case there was good food to be had. Um, <laughs> ended up, uh, ended up in Morgantown, West Virginia, for uh, a year and hated it. Um, during that time, I taught in Grand Rapids. Um, and uh, eventually a job opened up at Frostburg State University. They hired me. Um, God, I, I keep fooling them every year. <laughs> uh, so, so you've been there a long time then? At this I've point. been here since 2004. I was in a, I was in a punk band here um, from about 2006 to 2010 called The Furious Hours. Um, and then started The Downstrokes uh, in 2014. 2015 and uh you know just uh i love i love the music and um you know you have two choices you can either complain that there's nothing to do or you can say i'm gonna make something to do so i love that when people stay home now granted you're not home per se but we have a friend too in indiana that's just made a scene man you know he's i I love when people do that so it'd be easy for you you have wonderful venues two hours from where you're living there you have all the scene you can handle going a couple different places, but it's. I think it's right. great to give something for the kids to do in Western Maryland, right? Well, yeah, uh, we're heavily involved with the skate park project that's going on to build a skate park in Cumberland, and right now, believe it or not, uh, we have um, 
I think eight punk bands playing or, or punk adjacent bands. You know, some some might have some alt rock tendencies in there or something like that. Um, you know, that's for 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 an area this size, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's good. They all want to play your festival. They're all getting together. Yeah, they do. To so for those Sorry, so, so for those like that are, no it's okay i was going to say for those that are geographically challenged or for a lot of our folks in um europe and around the world so maryland is east coast of the u.s obviously um yep. now you're in you're in western maryland uh or, or eastern maryland are you close to the coast i'm in not? western maryland okay i'm in i'm in appalachia oh boy uh, you, you are. don't think about yeah. maryland having an appalachian part but it does so we are, if you could draw a, map, uh, a line between Pittsburgh and Washington, D.C. They're right in the middle. S- sort of dead center in that line is where we are. Um, so people coming to the festival who come from out of, uh, out of the area, and they do, um, they either fly into um, BWI or they fl- in Baltimore, Washington, or they fly into Pittsburgh, or they fly uh, into the other Washington airports, um, and then they drive. Uh, and it's really amazing how many people actually come. Last year, we had representation from 24 different states. Wow. So you're about a couple of hours out of Washington and Pittsburgh, New- or longer than that? Uh, two, yeah, hours hours. From, two hours from Pittsburgh, two hours from D.C., two hours from Baltimore, two hours from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Four hours or so from Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. Not, even New York bad. City's not the, even New York City's not that far of a drive, honestly, Neil. I, I, I drive, I drive to New York all the time. It's where my family is. I <laughs> could be there in five hours. So, Tom, if so, you're Tom, you're telling me if I fly into Pittsburgh and time it right, you guys would pick me up in Pittsburgh and bring me. Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, yeah, we 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 may be in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. So honestly, yeah. Wow. Or you could just ride. You could just ride with us, Neil. It's it's fascinating. See, I I love going through West Virginia. I love going through the wilds of North Carolina. I love going through the Western Maryland because it's these kind of dying cities, and there's something fascinating about it, man. I love it. You go into some little bar and have the best meal of your life and two beers, and it's like nine dollars. Yeah, I've seen Deliverance. Those are probably like human beings you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love to travel by car, and honestly, dude, you want to ride with us? You will have some good conversation, Scott, and you and I will solve all the world's problems over the course of eight or so hours driving out Tom, to Maryland. If you're coming from Chicago, even better, hop on the Amtrak, and it gets you right off in Cumberland. You can walk to the club from the Amtrak. Holy station. shit! Actually, that true? I've always wanted to take Amtrak across the country. That's actually really wow. I mean, it's. You get on the train. I've done this. I've I've taken the train to Chicago. I got a sleeper car, which was like super cool. Um, you get on the train at six at night. You're in Cumberland around ten thirty in the morning. Wow! And you, you can literally cross the tracks and be at the Ramada Inn. I was going to say we we did we did uh, against my better judgment book the Ramada again. Um, <laughs> You're not banned, Tom. You're not banned. There's a there's a there's a rumor, Neil, that there's a a ghost. That wanders the halls of the Ramada with no big, pants on. Bald, big bald, half naked guy that uh, haunts visitors to Cumberland. So you might be care- might be cautious. Someday they'll be like haunted Cumberland. Looks like a walking penis. Yes, great. <laughs> exactly. All right, that seems like a that seems like a good place to that seems like a good place to put in another song. What shall we play next, Jerry? 
I'll play some Tiger Sex. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I think I dig this band too. I've been listening to. I can't see that they have like a full length or anything out, but female front and Neil, real raunchy, good stuff. What's what's the name of the song, Jerry? Oh wait, which, which one did I send you? You sent oh lick, lick my kicks, I believe, is the uh, name. Lick of my the, kicks. Yes. That's right. Uh, you know, it's sexy, it's dirty, it's understated, it's in your face. It's everything I love from rock and roll. Now, how so do you, this, how do you know this band? Just out of interest. Uh, I I I got a chance to uh, see them uh, about a year ago. Um, and they they made my eyes go ooh, Uh-oh. and my ears go ooh, and I was like, let's do it. Um, and and I'm all for one of the things we really try to do as a as an organization is make sure it's not um, all guy bands. Gotcha. Make sure it's not all white guy bands. So it's really important for us to have that representation of female fronted bands and. Uh, Kel is, uh, she's amazing in all sorts of ways. So uh, you couldn't resist. There was a lot of a lot of female representation last year, and I'm just off the top of my head. I remember the Lousketeers and uh, Rosie uh, Typhoid Rosie. Typhoid Rosie. Yep, yep. There was a, there was definitely a bunch. It seemed like there was almost every day there was a, one or two at least. But yeah, these, Mud, uh, not, Mud City Manglers have a have a great uh, bass oh, player and metal player. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's really my, important. Well, let's so, let's let's play the song. So, let's play the song. We have just one more yet. thing about Tiger Sex. Now, okay. I think so. I think they're like from Cincinnati and Las Vegas or something weird like that, right? They are from Cincinnati and Las Vegas, and they are actually coming back. They are flying back um, from London on like the Thursday of the festival, and are mm. kind of. Which is why they're playing kind of early on Saturday because they're, they're, the time change it'll still be late. Ah, I say they're they hard they're a hard touring band. They play a lot, so and they're so damn they're playing Rebellion, aren't they? They're going to Rebellion yes. and come. Wait, what a weird juxtaposition! All right, hey sorry. now, sorry. All right, Tiger. <laughs> I was just talking about how dumpy Blackpool was. All right, so Tiger Sex. Yes, it, it, indeed kicks. it is. Tiger Sex, lick my kicks. Tip, tip, tip. 
There you go, everybody. Tiger sex. Lick my kicks. Yes, indeed. So you you alluded early, Jerry, earlier, Jerry, to the fact that you have a treasurer for the Savage Mountain Punk Arts. So why don't you ex- pretend we're stupid and explain what Savage <laughs> yeah, Mountain pretend. Punk Arts is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard. <laughs> uh, so you know. When when we were when we were sitting in in sort of COVID times and and bored and stuck in our houses, uh, you know there had always been this sort of informal group of people that worked on the festival with me, people who would throw some money to help it happen, people who would uh, technical support, um, et cetera, et cetera, and we started talking about how could we do this better. One of the things that's always been important to us is that we keep our prices, you know, our ticket prices low. We live in an area that is um, economically depressed, I think you could say. Um, And so we started to talk about the idea of creating an actual 501c3 arts nonprofit. And if we did that, we could tap into uh, state and local arts council money. and we sort of said, who is going to support this? But we filled out the paperwork uh, with the IRS and we, you know, dotted all our eyes. We had to have a board. Um, you know, it's so, it's so fucking bizarre, but we have a punk rock arts nonprofit. And the state arts council and the local arts council and the city of Frostburg and the city of Cumberland actually think what we do is worth supporting financially um and we can access those funds through um through this nonprofit, and so we do and what what that means though too is that we can do other things we're creating an archive of punk rock in western maryland dating back to 1979 with the dead archies and the flesh pencils so we're trying to collect music and flyers and uh, zines that used to come out of this area. Um, we actually work then with some educational stuff. We want to do some things in which we get electronic, electric instruments uh, into the hands of kids uh, through the libraries, uh, doing you know electric like rock and roll day. Um, we we do a thing on punk in Appalachia at the Appalachian Festival at the university. Um, we're doing our first art show in association with the festival. We'll actually have an old punk artist named Bill Dunlop who will have two huge murals on the third floor of Mezzos, <laughs> as well as a whole bunch of... 12 by 12 interpretations of classic punk album jackets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we're really interested in this idea that punk is not just, you know, punk influenced everything, right? It influenced fashion. It influenced literature. You know, what was Patti Smith? She was a poet first. What what was Jim Carroll? He was a writer first. Uh, It obviously, graphic design and visual art, um, but more that whole DIY attitude that came with record labels and stuff like that. Um, think about it. Where does this microbrew trend come from? Or these micro distillery trends? Mm. Um, or the artisanal pickle craze? 
you know, which I think is ridiculous. But, you know, um, it comes from that DIY attitude. And so, um, you know, when when you look at, like, some of our sponsors that, that we work with, uh, McClintock Distillery is this DIY distillery in Frederick, Maryland, who produces really top-notch spirits. Um, but they totally are like, man, you want to do music locally? We're all in. What can we do to help? And they come to everything we do. Um, and, uh, you know, that whole DIY ethic that, you know, fucking A, there's a DIY channel now. Nobody heard of DIY if they weren't in the <laughs> punk scene in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but all that comes from us. And so being able to sort of document that energy and and open it up to a to both the audience that knows and loves it like us, but also a broader audience who may at first glance not think about it, I think is really important. So so it was funny because last year watching the you guys had a great lineup last year. The reason the reason the lineup the whole thing got on my radar was because of Sloppy Seconds. Our dudes our dudes were playing down there, and we you know it had the year of COVID. We didn't get to see them the year before. I think we saw them four or five times last year. But yeah, we so that's what got it onto our radar. And while we were there, there was a nice crowd there. Don't get me wrong, it was a real comfortable sized punk show, nice nice crowd. But I'm counting in my head, going, boy, how did they? how does this work economically? Cause I know sloppy gets a pretty good number and every band I've ever met that worked with you sings your praises. So, so that kind of, so tapping into some of that money essentially allows you to get higher quality acts than you would be able to get on your own. Basically is the big advantage. Yeah, it does. But you know, it has to be said too. Um, we have so many local partners, so many local businesses throw us a hundred, 200 bucks because <laughs> They think what we do is really important. And you know what? Uh, local businesses have people, you know, going to eat there. Local businesses have people going to uh, drink there. Yep. Um, and so uh, it's been really great. You know, we, we t always talk about the scene, right? We talk about the scene and, and we talk about, oh, this, this club is part of the scene. But when you're in a town of, you know, 50,000 like Cumberland, your whole your whole community's the fucking scene. If it's not, you're going to be, you know, you know, uh, it's a real swim together or sink together sort of mentality. Wasn't wasn't that and the last, I'm, the I'm last really seven seconds album? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> the swim together. What was it? What did you say? <laughs> swim together. <laughs> swim together. Sink together. Yeah, that was the last seven seconds album. Yeah. Sorry. A great ten inch. Yes, their second <laughs> second full length. So. <laughs> The other thing I was, the other thing I'm sort of curious about, if other people have this, are interested in sort of pursuing this, is this is this something you think that works because you're in Maryland, or you think this is something? Do you think you guys have kind of created a model as far as the punk arts thing go that that could be duplicated elsewhere? I mean, would it work in Michigan, or or do you not not I, know? I want it to be a model. I would gladly help anybody who said they wanted to emulate this. Uh, the support you'll get from the local arts councils, I can't speak to that. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. My, my other life, uh, you know, I've, I've alluded to being a, a professor. I'm a professor of creative writing. Um, and I'm, my, my, my life for a long time uh, was the life of a poet. And Poetry is very similar to the punk rock communities in that it's run by small presses. Uh, it's an art that nobody really fucking cares about. Um, except the <laughs> no people who no love it. it. 
Uh, there's no money in it. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing is, I had made all these uh, connections with the arts councils. I mean, I think one of the things that everybody has to remember, you know, even when we do this podcast, right, it's about building relationships. Absolutely. You know, you had mentioned, Tom, that uh, you would talk to other bands and they'd all been treated well by us. Yeah. We have in our bylaws a minimum that bands will be paid, period, end. Mm. Um, bands get paid. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's about building relationships. I, I love the fact that I can write to Joe Queer now and say, hey, Joe, I'm doing a raffle for to help Savage Mountain Punk Arts, and he'll send me stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really about building relationships. And I think a lot of people forget that part they they want to like i want your help arts council um but getting that help also means helping the arts council i yeah. i do you know the state arts council calls me up and says hey do you want to be a poetry out loud judge i say yes uh one because i love it but two it's it's what being part of a scene an art scene a yep. punk scene <clears throat> is about and you know it's like why do you do this podcast you don't have to i'm sure the money is huge yeah. um we haven't figured out how to, we haven't figured out how to leverage it in any cash yet but that's all right money what's that but you know what you know what it is jerry it's just exactly what you're talking about because when i get to maryland in a month or so i am already going to know a dozen people there yeah, and you know, the part of the reason I got myself into trouble last year was because I did know so many people there, and so many people were buying me a beer before the one I finished was done. <laughs> that's a, that's I blame a, it mostly on I blame it mostly on Todd Cheat. There you go. But, but I wouldn't Todd I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade it for the world. Beer. Yeah, um, awesome dude, uh, awesome dude. But yeah, it's it's. But you're right, and and I think people forget too. I mean. You know what does LA have to do with Mar- with Western Maryland? Not much, but the fact of the matter is the scene is still pretty small. Yeah, you know we're we're all only a couple degrees separated from one another. So, all right. Yeah, and this thing you said though, and I, I think this is really key. You know, a lot of people who've been coming, you know, for you know some people have been coming since it started, but there are a lot of people who showed up in year two or year three who keep coming back and. Some one person and his wife is thinking of retiring to Frostburg because they mm. love it, mm. um, and and it's amazing. It's this idea like some people describe it now as like their family reunion weekend. Wow! Um, and I and I, I love that. I, I you know and and for me, uh, it's it's always I'm always shocked. I I don't I I haven't bought a drink in five years at Savage Mountain. I, I don't expect anything. But people are just always <laughs> so hint, grateful. No, but uh, that, if you're gonna play a song, I, I think we should play "I Want to Be a Punk" by the Blank Seventy Seven. Oh, That's I what love we're that. talking about. Let's do it. It's a great song. All right, Blank Seventy Seven. I want to be a punk. <laughs>
Blank 77 there with I Wanna Be a Punk. And you actually said a mouthful back then. It's like, um, when you're part of the scene, man, you got to contribute. You can't just pull out of it all the time or expect to get on a guest list all the time and expect to leech off the fucking thing. So yeah. everybody's got to contribute in some way, you know, whether it be just making sure you buy T-shirts from the touring bands or, you know, yeah, zines. You don't see zines anymore. Write a zine, for God's sakes. It doesn't take much. You know, whatever it is, got to contribute a little bit. And, uh, you know, don't just don't just suck suck the thing dry, if you know what I mean. You know, there I you would love to see somebody produce a zine around here. Like an old-fashioned, you know, I mean, like, you know, hell, it's so easy to produce a zine, you know, a laptop, now. No. Yeah, exactly. You, don't need yeah, you got a laptop and a printer, you know? Yeah. We, <laughs> used, we, we, we had to have fucking Letraset and know somebody down at the Kinko's, right? You had Letraset press on letters <laughs> and Jesus Christ, that was uh, that well, was how we did Skate in Annoy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you know it's funny too. You're talking about your sponsors, Neil. On a totally unrelated subject, I swear the other night I woke up from a dream and I was dreaming of this barbecue place in Cumberland, and it's called like Lost Mountain or Lost Lost Mountain. It's one of your sponsors, right? Or it was, or it was on the ticket stub yeah, or was. something. But yeah. it was, dude. This is the most amazing barbecue joint. Now there's no indoor seating, so you got to sit on the street like a common troll oh, to eat it. But it's food, very good, and it has indoor seating. Oh, nice. But the day when we were there, it was very, very nice weather, and there's like lots of outdoor seating that anybody can use. It was really... Actually, the weekend we were there, and I don't know if that'll be the case again this year, there was like a street festival going on. There was people yeah. in the street, bands playing. It was a wild, wild scene, man. We we know how to we know how to celebrate summer. There you go. <laughs> this it's place, short. You better. This place sounds like Nirvana. <laughs> God's sakes. It, well, no, it's... It's it's you could tell the places you could tell it has its struggle. I suspect they have a hard time retaining their youth. Their population is kind of shrinking. It's it's but but it's got the grandeur of the old of the old eastern cities, old eastern you know Appalachian cities. Neil, it's a weird it's a weird place. Uh, Scott and I actually walked across the bridge to West Virginia. We uh, away we had a beer at the most redneck bar I've ever been in my life. We uh, but we went to like this little shack where George Washington had lived. It's a fascinating it's a fascinating place. Honestly, it's I don't know if, I don't know if we saved much to look at this year, but it was it was fun. It's it's really amazing uh, if you didn't walk down the canal path and just walk along the CNO Canal. It's really beautiful. Yeah, we did uh, do that. And, and one of the things we did is we got rid of the uh, Saturday matinee this year. I noticed actually, that. I noticed that. So what was the thinking behind that? It was just too much on Saturday? No. Uh, well, what what originally was we had the Saturday matinee because we had a venue, the old venue, was twenty one and over, no exceptions. Mm. So the Saturday matinee allowed us to have an all ages show. Mezzos, because it serves food and its kitchen stays open the entire time, Mezzos can be an all ages venue. Mm. But that's how the liquor licenses run here. So we didn't have to do an all ages show and. When we moved to Mezzos, we added the Thursday, um, and so suddenly, uh, I will I will admit, uh, you know, maybe it was having the COVID year off. I, I was Saturday night. I was uh, I was lagging, um, and we really kind <laughs> me of, too, but it was because of Friday night. <laughs> um, and so we just sort of had a long discussion uh, as as a board, like what is the best thing to do, and we decided that. Uh, if we started Saturday at 5, like doors open at 5, people could have some time to recuperate, 
maybe they'll take the scenic railroad from Cumberland to Frostburg and back and, and be on an old-fashioned train. Maybe they'll, you know, go to our businesses. Maybe they'll sit down at, uh, you know, Lost Mountain Barbecue or uh, Baltimore Street Grill. Like um, Scott and I just, had a, just hit a bunch of other bars. Yeah, and just sort of, uh, you know, it, and, and also, uh, you know, it's, you know, when we did four shows in three days uh, for the sound men, for the volunteer staff, uh, it's, it was a lot. Um, and so just being able to sort of start a little later, cut back, uh, felt really important. The other thing we did is we, uh, we, we added a couple of 45 minute slots, uh, 45 minute slots in the schedule to allow some bands, uh, to not be rushing through a 30 minute set. Hmm. So last year, just to make it clear, so last year you did like a Thursday night. We did not make it on Thursday night. And then you did Saturday during the day, and then you did, or I'm sorry, Friday night. Thursday night, Friday night, then you did Saturday during the day, then Saturday night. So this year you're just doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. But Saturday is huge. You got nine bands playing on Saturday. Right. So what we did last year was we had a matinee that went from about 2.30 to 7.30 and then we started like an hour off, right? So what it really ended up being was uh, a, an hour for people to walk around outside and an hour for all of us to catch our breath and then go right at it. Um, and Yeah, you guys, it was a little bit on punk time last year, if I remember right, by Saturday night. I was pretty sure Sloppy played quite a bit later than they were originally planned, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, they went on about 10 minutes late, actually. Oh, was that all? Um, okay. That was it. Uh, and let me tell you, those guys are the most gracious, gracious awesome guys. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. One of our sponsors uh, uh, is the, the Sterling Optical in LaValle. And um, uh, a title and settlement uh, business in Cumberland. Um, and they're owned by a couple that got married on the Saturday. And they were also big sloppy second fans. They were in from jump, and they hadn't. Their wedding had been postponed because of COVID. And I got an email from uh, the eye doctor, Matt Pesta, and he said, "Whatever you do, don't tell me sloppy seconds is playing Saturday." I said, "Sloppy seconds is playing Saturday." <laughs> and he and his wife wanted to get. They were like trying to kick people out at the end of the wedding party. <laughs> to come to the show and they were but they were drunk and exhausted but the guys from sloppy seconds gave us for them uh, a poster that they all signed and a pair of the sloppy second panties ah yes which we took the ultimate wedding the ultimate wedding night surprise and and that was and we get that was their ba had been wearing them personally <laughs> exactly, they were BA stage one. We gave it to them as their wedding present. Lovely. That's nice. <laughs> it's funny, Neil, because I wasn't the you know I kept my pants on despite despite you mocking me. My pants never came off. Good, good. But but BAs did come off at some point. And oh, I remember Jesus. he did like the second half of their set. It just in boxer briefs, and I did also see, if not all, at least eighty percent of Todd Sheets' ass at some point too. So yes, you did. There was a lot of ass, um, a lot of ass around. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So, so during slot, you know, one of the hard things about running this all is I really don't see much of it. Sure. Um, 
I'm wearing a headset, you know, people at the door, people upstairs, the bar management, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Popping sort up of, puke. yeah, I'm not doing that. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, sort of by like, you know, I, I see about 10 to 15 minutes of every set, if that. And, um, but so when Sloppy Seconds was playing, there's about 160 people in the room. Uh, it, it felt really crowded, but there was still room. Um, and then I went, but I, I, I had to f collect the money to pay them and pay it. But he, so I, I went up to the, to the locked room where we, we keep all that, that stuff, all the money. But I decided to step outside and get some air first. And there was about another 25 to 30 people out on the street. All, all of them had paid. They were all wearing their wristbands. Yep. But they were getting air. They were watching Sloppy watching Seconds the yep. through the window, watching BA's ass. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was really amazing. Everybody was just having a good time. And then I went upstairs to the bar area, and there was like another 12 or 15 people who had exhausted themselves. Yeah, they had some big, nice leather, nice big leather seats upstairs. It was a good place to relax. You know, you'd like a nice loungy area. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect kind of venue, actually. Uh, you know bar and stuff upstairs you can get easily served and then so, so there's no bar downstairs i assume i assume no there's no, there a bar is. down oh there is yeah, shit there is. wow but you matter of fact food upstairs yeah you can get food downstairs or upstairs yeah i'll tell you what as a matter of fact jerry you, you should probably go ahead and give them a call and say you better gird your loins with pbr we we literally and i'm not kidding you when we left there were like two cans of coors light left in the whole bar wow <laughs> i have to tell you a funny story i'm not saying it was so, just scott and i but we definitely no. did our share uh, so I'll tell you a funny story. So when when the queers played Dante's, so the old venue, Erin, the manager, had a picture of herself on Facebook Friday afternoon before before the festival started, and she had one thousand and thirty two cans of PBR, <laughs> which she said ready for the Savage Mountain Punk Fest weekend. It was gone after Friday night. Jesus. <laughs> they had a I was going to say that's not for them, me, but what about the rest of you? They they had a they had to go to a local liquor store and buy all this PBR. So when we were working with Mezzos, we said, you know, you're going to need at least you know 2500 cans of PBR. And they were like well, I'm going to call Erin and see what she got. So they called Erin, and Erin told them what about that story. And they decided, yeah, but it's probably not going to be that big. They sold out of everything. Yes, <laughs> seriously, Neil, like everything, like 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 we're drinking like Michelob Light at the end. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was amazing. But you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like liquor. You all look. I, I can't. I can't digest beer, so I don't drink it. Which is funny because for years I've had a a, a brewery sponsor, <laughs> which is great, if you, especially strong beers. Um, but I can't drink it. So we also have a distillery sponsor. Um, but the thing about whiskey is this: you always start with high end whiskey, yeah, uh, but then you don't care. But then you don't care. Right after three, you're sort of like whatever. Uh, you know, so, you know, by the time you guys were drinking the Michelob Light, you didn't Oh, it care. didn't matter. Oh, no, no, not at all. 
No, you're right. You're you were gonna be. You were gonna be whatever. You look. Look. Whatever swill you drank, you were still gonna be wandering the halls of the Ramada. <laughs> exactly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no photo. No proof. <laughs> that seems like another good place to make a little segue here. What's 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 the next song, Jerry? I think. Uh, How about Submachines? I am. Nice. There you go. So what's Love the deal with Submachine? Submachine? Remind remind me. Of, remind, remind me about I Submachine. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hardcore Sub band. Pittsburgh. Forever. They've been around forever. Alex is like the ultimate Pittsburgh working class pole. Uh, one of the sweetest guys. He'd give you the shirt off his back, and then he'd give you the skin off his back if he needed it too. And of course, many years ago, they released a killer split single, shooting blanks with, with blank seventy seven. So it. Uh, it was a perfect perfect match to bring them back. All right, cool. <clears throat> it's funny, Neil. I used to make the joke that if if you if you didn't thank Alex from Submachine and the liner notes of your record in the '90s, did you actually even make a record? Because literally, Alex from Submachine. If you start going through your definitely CD era stuff, man, Alex from Submachine gets thanked in every album. I swear. And, so. and I'm going to tell you something. I knew Alex in the late '80s. Uh, he was so good, and I hadn't seen him in 30 years. Um, till the festival last year, and it was like, boom. The conversation just was like, oh, remember that time? And then that was it. Well, I'll tell you what, I talked to him a little bit at the festival, and I'd only met him one time before that, and I did talk to him a little bit last year, but every time I'm like, oh, we got to have Alex on. He's such a live wire. Anyway, so Alex, I'm coming for you, man. I'm going to message you here one of these days. Well, there you go. So that's a Come on and tell us, tell us some stories, your crazy stories about touring with no effects or whatever you, in the mid-90s or whatever you want to talk about. So anyway, sorry. All right, let's do it, Neil. Spin it. Yeah, we talked him up, so let's hear it. Submachine with I Am. Let's go! 
there you go. Submachine with I am. So, so the festival has a strong connection to Pittsburgh, obviously. It's only a couple-hour drive. And you have a ton of Pittsburgh bands playing again this year. matter of fact, a couple of repeats. So Sub Machine is back. Mud City Manglers are back. I'm trying to think if there's any more Pittsburgh bands that I'm not thinking of. Bastard Bearded Irishman. I don't know them. They are a Celtic punk band and just a lot, a lot of fun. I love that type of, of music. Great live. Great live show. Usually uh, fun. Yeah, and then uh, a band, a new band called The Filthy Lowdown. Oh, that's right. Okay, you know what? I, I see. I have a connection to those guys too because I know a bunch of people from Pittsburgh. I think I reviewed their album a couple of year, few years ago. A lot of fun. Definitely a bunch of wise asses. Yeah, uh, total old school type of stuff in in sort of attitude, yeah. which I like a lot. Um, I, and I'll say this: uh, you know, you mentioned the Mud City Manglers, and and I want to make it clear: Mud City Manglers have played. Every Savage Mountain Punk Festival. Yeah, they really. There are so the, very few bands that could say that, uh, but but they are they uh, a band called the Nuclears that played last year and it was their final year. They broke up. They mm. they told us they were breaking up after the festival. Uh, Ghost Road from Morgantown, uh, you know, uh, the Downstrokes. Uh, obviously, it's that's a perk of doing this. Um, See, that's you know, the only time you get to relax, right? Your half hour you get to play. <laughs> now, what do you yeah, do? Relax. What do you do in the in the downstrokes, Jerry? What what's are you do you sing? Do you play I bass? Am, what do you do? I am the singer and rhythm guitar player. Okay. And the downstrokes so, have been going for how long? Uh, we've been going for eight years. The the this lineup with this guitarist and bass player have been around for um, since twenty. 18 okay um and it's really that's the core uh we have a new drummer who's terrific so i i actually bought one of your albums last year i have one called fall in love with punk rock again and it's uh it's like a cool like it's like a purple marble or something black black cover but yep. unfortunately i don't know that we're going to be there on thursday this year so I, i'm kind of bummed out that i'm going to miss some of the thursday bands because I enjoyed you guys very much, and I enjoyed Reckless Threat. I think I think Mike might be having some health issues, so shout out to Mike from Reckless Threat. Awesome dude, their drummer kind of runs the band. Mike is uh, he's a mensch. He's also the the head of Coffin Curse Records. Yeah, Coffin Curse Records. Uh, yep. He's he's doing a bunch of Sunday matinees uh, now every summer. He is having health problems. Uh, he reached out to me privately about it all yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. And I'm not I'll trying to hear his business. I'm just yeah. yeah just no, send no. Uh, but send him lots of love, and if you get down to Knoxville, check out what he's doing. He's building a scene that's inclusive. Uh, we played for him. We played for him last year at this. It was supposed to be at a skate park, and it was going to rain, so they moved it into a motorcycle garage and club <laughs> um, called uh, Danger Club or uh, Lasses and Lads. But all the skate kids came out, and then you had all these, like, motorcycle dudes, and it was, like, the coolest scene ever. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. So, we kind of talked about So, hopefully, get well, Mike. I hope I hope you can, uh, hope, you're make, hope you're in Maryland here in another month or so. So, let's, let's um, go through the lineup a little bit, if you want. So, because you guys are playing on Thursday. So, so there's six bands on Thursday, there's six bands on Friday, and there's nine bands on Saturday. So let's go through the lineup a little bit, and uh, you can tell us about some of the bands. You're like, oh, crap, I don't have them all in front of me, right? No, I have They're them all in front of me, actually. Okay. 
Uh, I have the spreadsheet open. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's funny uh, because you got Scott. So you you were talking about Scott. I am not a Scott fan. That's definitely like Neil likes some of the old school Scott. I really don't like any Scott, even old or new. But if I had to have Scott bands, I like the Scott bands that you picked. They got kind of a horror element to it. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go through. Go tell us. Tell us about the lineup here. Well, I'll talk about Thursday night. So Thursday night, we have uh, a great sort of uh, hardcore slash pop punk band from Baltimore called Paperback Tragedy. Really good guys. Um, uh, and I've wanted to have them at the festival a couple of times. Um, and, and they're going to kick it off. They're really excited. And it's followed by a second really terrific pop punk band from Baltimore called Panic Problem. Um, and and they're they're a riot. A bunch of a bunch of guys our age having the time of their lives. Mm. Uh, that's followed by, of course, Reckless Threat, uh, whom we were just talking about. Uh, just just another uh, sort of another power uh, pop punk band. This kind of ended up being our pop punk night. That wasn't deliberate. Just kind of worked out that way. Uh, then we're playing. The Downstrokes are playing. Um, and then that's followed up by this uh, uh, Celtic punk band from Pittsburgh called the Bastard Bearded Irishman. And what I really love about it, they really bring out a sort of older crowd, um, you know, uh, really kind of finish it up. And then it's, we have uh, the sort of emo punk band called Handguns, which were really popular. In fact, Dylan from Reckless Threat calls them his favorite band. So, so, um, so I saw. So I don't know these guys at all. Where, where are they from? What, what era are we talking about? They are about? from originally Central PA, um, and they moved. And um, but the, you know, uh, like uh, a lot of times, you know, we're roughly the same age. Uh, it's very easy to think, oh, punk rock stopped happening. But if I want to have an audience of people in their late twenties come out. You know, Mike Mercedes' age, my partner. I got to start thinking about bands that I don't necessarily know. Sure. Um, and and people, uh, there's a there's a Facebook group called Pennsylvania Pop Punk, and somebody had said, "What's your favorite regional band?" And Handguns was like the number one answer. And so I started to, you know, like out of the, my curiosity, that, that college professor in me was like, I got to figure out who these guys are. And they're really good. It's not my go to music, but they're really good. I have three of their albums now. I think they're terrific. And I reached out to them saying, what would it take to do this? And as it turns out, they were actually going to reunite for a mini tour in September. And so they're using this as a kind of. Uh, prep for that. Like a rehearsal. And so it just worked out great, and they're terrific. They really are mm. terrific. Uh, uh, and again, it's not the music I grew up with. So so much of this is music I grew up with, whether those bands existed or not. Sure. You know, that, that, you know, I mean, I was a big Pogues fan, so the idea of having a Celtic punk band uh, hits me in, in a way, uh, especially done by guys my age. Handguns are done by guys in their mid twenties, you know, late twenties, and they are great. Mm. Um, uh, Friday, we have uh, Chupascabra, who played last year. <laughs> Remember that the name from last year? Show. Yeah, they're they're actually I, li I so I've been every year I sort of prep. 
I know a lot of the bands off the top of my head this year, but the ones I didn't. So I actually, Neil, I actually intentionally listened to Chuba Skyber. I got to say, they might be my favorite ska band. I remember you mentioning them last year, at least the name. But uh, yeah. yeah, they're from yeah, Pittsburgh. They're, or? No, they're from Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Um, and that's followed by Narcos y Horchata. Uh, which that's is our buddy Doug. That's our buddy Dougie, Neil. That's Dougie. Yeah. From Detroit, the pots, yeah. man. And and Amato, yeah. Those Amato's an old punk guy from Detroit. I don't really know him, but we have a lot of mutual friends. I'm interested to hear that. Actually, that'll be cool. Yeah, I I think I think they are uh, terrific. I can't wait to see Dougie again, who uh, is just an all around good guy. He's a big sky guy, though. You is guys he? Might have to duke it out about that. <laughs> oh yeah, you uh, just you just saw him at a show in Detroit that long. Who's he playing with? The Pots, right? Yeah. Neil? Yep, 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 yep. That's exactly right, yeah. He plays in so many bands, right? Yeah, he plays. He's, he's he plays in like 14 drummer. bands. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? If you're a drummer and you show up to practice, you will have lots of bands. Drum That's just how slot. It works. Yeah. Exactly. It's a good name for a band. Uh, drum slot. slot. There you go. <laughs> you, can, you guys can keep I'm, that one. I saw a drum slot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Narco C. Horchata uh, is followed up by Ghost Road, uh, one of the few bands that have played the festival every year. Um, uh, they they started as a horror punk band. They've kind of evolved into a more just gritty rock and roll band. I think they're terrific. They are also sweet, sweet guys. And anytime you can have, they're from Morgantown, okay. and their band uh, when they first started playing, they were um, they were. A uh, a four-piece, you know, two guitars, bass, and drums, and then they added their second guitar player's son. Hmm. Uh, and I love that. I love that multi-generational, three guitars out front. Uh, hmm. It's in your face. Um, then, of course, we have the Prozacs. Jay is a long-time, uh, you know, pop-punker. Yep, we know uh, Jay, too. Western Mass. Jay's, from Western Mass. Jay's a good, good guy. This is followed, of course, by uh, those uh, Crystal Lake Killers, the Jasons. Um, now, I am stoked to see these guys. They played last year also. Uh, they're terrific. Uh, anybody who can wear those masks and leather pants and jackets and, you know, 120 <laughs> degrees club, um, you know, th they have to be undead. Now, they say um, they're from Crystal Lake, but they're from West Virginia, too, aren't they? I mean, they not the, are from not West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Um, gotcha. And. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mephiscopheles, uh, you know, Satanic Ska, uh, you know. <laughs> big black singer. Big, big, yeah. uh, just a, they're, they're another one, right? I'm not a huge Ska fan, but they're a very entertaining Ska band, right? Well, it's funny. Uh, I have a past with Mephiscopheles. When I was in Tom Collins and the Cocktail Shakers, we actually, uh, our mailing address was County Road 665. Um, and... We were we were sort of you know sort of coming of age at the same time Mephiscopheles was, and they loved the idea that we were the neighbors of the beast. Um, <laughs> yeah, missed now, it now by that much. Yeah, they're from New York too. Where are they from? They're from New York. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. So we got through two days. Why don't we stick another song in? Do you want to do a downstroke song, or do you want to? Well, we do you want to play. What do you want to play? Well, we talked Prozac. We mentioned Prozacs and handguns, and he has. Now we has played both the Prozac. We. I was going to say, let's play handguns. We've played Prozacs a ton. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll play them yeah. more, too. Let's, uh, stay with me. Okay. Stay with me by handguns for all the youngsters out there. Yes.
Okay, that was uh, handguns with uh, "Stay with Me." Right for the record, for the record, Jerry, I am forty nine. Neil is fifty nine, and a good chunk of our audience is somewhere between there. Yes, even yeah, though we, okay. we have some I'm, younger, I'm we have some younger people. We, so we do have some younger people that listen. Which I know we have some people in their twenties that listen, which I I like because we're kind of crabby. You know, it happens when you get to be our age. We're not. Sensitive it's and whatnot. The prostate. So. Once that prostate goes, <laughs> you get crabby. Yes, exactly. It's the, it's the peeing so, every half hour. Yes, it's that daily check. It starts to get to you after a while. <laughs> Tom, there's, Tom, there's no need for that unless, unless you like to get that done. There's really no <laughs> exactly, need for that. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So, let's before we do Saturday. So, let's talk about the downstrokes real quick because I'd only seen you guys last year and I did get the record. Same with the reckless threat. I brought their record, bought your record. Both very, very well done vinyl for a small run you know kind of regional band but you are you guys real inspired by like the mod movement or something because they had that arrow thing right neil isn't that like the mod arrow i don't know if you've seen much imagery that they use i have not but we i don't want to say the mod movement but i was i was when we were designing the logo we we were thinking a little bit about the who i mean i i want to make clear i i have uh you know i i think punk rock includes the kinks and the who Yes, for sure. And the MC5. Mm. Um, definitely. And, yeah. You know, and the New York Dolls. Like, for me, when, I'm not, you know, there are bands, and I there's nothing wrong with this. You know, there are bands that want to sound like NoFX or Bad Religion or, you know, California 1990. Great. Yeah. There are people that want to be a hardcore, New York hardcore band or DC hardcore band. Great. All for it. I love that shit. I grew up in that shit, you know? Sure. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I don't ever want to play ska again. If you play ska, like, you're going to play ska, you're going to play reggae. That's it. You know, you might play it faster, you might play it slower, you might do so, but you're pretty much stuck. Um, I, I'm interested in this place, and, and I'm, I'm, re- I'm grateful to have musicians that are interested in this space that is liminal. If if we want to, you know, if, if I'm listening to a shit ton of Kinks and and Who and MC5, you know, I'll take all the all the uh, distortion off. I might put a fuzz box on, and you know, you get a song like Slow Burn um, on the on the on the last record on on Unsafe at Any Speed, uh, or you 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 might get a you know a real sort of sing along pop punk song like Snafu. Um, for me, the, yeah, that's say that's on the record I got. I, I know that know that one. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm, I'm we're sort of interested. And we come from a diverse group. Our bass player is from Detroit, uh, and he really you know loves Iggy and the Stooges and um, the Pistols and New York '70s stuff, which is my wheelhouse too. Um, I. Uh, I come from this place where, you know, I grew up in hardcore and, and sort of 70s New York punk rock and, and uh, early 80s Southern California, MIA, X. Um, you know, and I love all that stuff. Uh, our, our other guitarist is a sort of post-punk Muffs fan, um, Pixies, uh, uh, you know, we're all big replacement fans. And, I, you know, I, some people would argue, oh, the replacements aren't punk rock. Oh, fuck you. Replacements are big punk rock. The, first, the first record, I mean, yeah, you can't argue. You can't argue the first record. 
The later stuff, yeah. I think you could argue, but no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just interested in writing really aggressive, you know, four on the floor songs, and I'm not worried about necessarily a sound. So, you know, if if we want to have our, you know, our sort of replacement slop in, that's what we're doing for this song. If, you know, uh, you know, so we're working on the new album right now. And uh, there are songs that are influenced by early Lou Reed, but there are songs that are influenced by Green Day. Hmm. See, you know, that's, why, say, that's why you're never going to make it big, Jerry. It's hard to market you. That, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, um, Otherwise, you'd uh, join okay. that, that large group of Appalachian bands getting signed to huge, huge label deals. You, you know, you, you've heard about that, right? Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's the new hotspot. That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like Athens, Georgia in the uh, early 80s. Yes. All right. So let's uh, talk about Saturday, which is a huge day. And the other, you know, let's let's go ahead and talk about Saturday because that's that's a huge day. Tons of great stuff on Saturday. Uh, including yeah, we start our with buddies. Good men. We start with good men doing nothing. Your, your friend Chris. Uh, who is Justin too. No. I don't want Justin to cry if I don't say hello to Justin too. Chris and Justin. I don't know the rest of them, but that's all right. Uh, they are just they're they're great guys. I mean, um, yeah, and and they. They, they do great music. Uh, um, they were up here, uh, and so were the Filthy Lowdown for our, our annual punk picnic. And we use the punk picnic as a, a sort of feeder for the festival. Um, we let people vote. It's sort of a battle of the bands. And the, these two bands, Good Men Doing Nothing and Filthy Lowdown, were the two winners from the, from the picnic in, in early May. Very different sound, right? Because good men doing nothing. I, I always call them slacker punk. That's what, and I don't know. They I, are I mean, slacker punk. They're like slacker punk, and the filthy lowdown are like, well, they're filthy and they're low down. They have songs about donkeys and things. You know, they're like uh, <laughs> much more. It's just very different. Where Chris's songs tend to be about kind of about uh, like how many mistakes he's made in his life, but sort of dealing with it. <laughs> There's a little bit of shoegaze in good men doing nothing. Think so? Maybe since they added the next extra guitar. I, the first one was very folky. I thought, kind of like a folk punk kind of. But I know they have a, like an album recorded that they're kind of sitting on right now. So I'm curious to I hear think, the new I album. Meant, I meant more lyrically. I think. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a little more esoteric, but also you know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they're followed by Middle Age Brigade. Uh, Ronnie, their singer. No, they played is... last year. They played last year also. Yeah, he, Ronnie is one of our board members. Their singer. Uh, they are local, and uh, and what you'll see is actually uh, the the bands that have played every festival. R Ronnie, uh, Ronnie's uh, our first band, a Getaway Car, played the first two festivals, and then Middle Age Brigade uh, replaced them. Uh, but Ronnie's played every festival, so I've tried to sort of split some of that up. Uh, that's followed by the Lauskateers. This is their third time back. I just yep, love these guys. Yeah, female yeah. front. Yep. Female fronted power trio, um, and another band that kind of defies um, definition a little bit. Um, and then we have the Mud City Manglers. Uh, you know, they are just amazing. Great, great rock and roll band, but really, I don't see. They're the band to me. I don't know. if I wouldn't really necessarily call them a punk band. They're just like a raunchy rock and roll 
You know, you know those bands, Neil, uh, where the singers got... What is got, more the singers, punk rock than the, raunchy rock and roll? The singers got, <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Like the singer's I, got long hair, me. and he looks like he probably hasn't worn a shirt for like three years. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. The thing I love about them is that they, for me, embody uh, that sort of space uh, in New York, 1974. Hmm. You know, post-New York Dolls. Um, you know, some influence by bands like Slade, um, but just see, blow would, my face off every time I see him. See, what I would think, because the singer, yeah, he's a, he's a kind of a wiry dude, doesn't wear a shirt, they just play like madmen. They reminded me of, like, no, I didn't see any of these bands in their prime, but like, like maybe like seeing a young, young Ted Nugent or like, uh, uh, Grand Funk Railroad or something when they were really young and they were just wild and. I don't know. That's what you know. Just very much rock and roll. So when I say I don't really think they're really a punk band, I like them. They're good. I bought their record last year. As a matter of fact, limited edition orange, very valuable. They, <laughs> they are they are terrific. Uh, they they rip my face off every time I see it. Now, where are they from? Are they from that. Kentucky or something? They're from they're Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, they're from yeah. Pittsburgh. Oh shit. And, okay. And and they are named after Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay. The Mud City Mangler. See, I'm never. I'm not familiar with that. Rocky and Bullwinkle, there was an episode where they're playing a, where there's a football team called the Mud City Mangler. Is that right? Yikes. That's obscure. Obscure. Because I was going to say, I've never heard of Pittsburgh described as Mud City before, but what do I know? Uh, Mud City Manglers, you know, we, we, we go from, you know, dirty rock and roll to dirty rock and roll with tiger sex. Yeah. Um, uh, that's the common theme of this episode i'm assuming yes that that is uh, um we follow tiger sex up with submachine uh you know, going back to pittsburgh briefly yep. uh, you know we've already talked about alex and how much everybody loves alex um and and you got one of the things i love about submachine is that they're all the original members oh fucking mm. a mm. yeah yeah they're not Unusual. they're not kids neil they're yeah they're in their 50s they're, they're but they still they play very hard they're not they're not easy listening Mm. And then we get some Brooklyn Oi. Okay. Um, 45 adapters. Oh, 45 adapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they are they are terrific. Uh, I'm so excited about this, in part because uh, I am a diehard New York Mets fan, and so are they. Ah, uh, that's uh, stupid go-go Metropolitan song. Oh, they better not play <laughs> They better not play that. They better not play that. I'm going to boo. That's a request from the from the president, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they are they are a great band. I mean, I, I I only really just started listening to them a couple years ago when they put out their most recent EP. But they but you talk about fish out of water, Neil. These are like you know sharp dressed New Yorkers. They're going to be in their boots and their their Fred Perry's and stuff, and they're going to be in the mountains of. <laughs> <laughs> Western Maryland. Boots and braces. They're actually really excited, and they have been great to work with. That's cool. No, they're they're great. That's a really of all the bands this year. That to me is the oddest fit. You know, or the one that I shouldn't say the oddest fit is the most out of left field, where you wouldn't have seen it coming. Like you know, but uh, I think it's a great. I think it's a great choice, and it'll be great leading up to the last band. Right. Uh, we're keeping in the numerals in the name section of the list. Uh, yes. So we go from 45 adapters to blank 77. Ah, uh, yes. You know, and, and they are terrific. It, it was so much fun the other day. I have to admit, the other day I took out their 10-inch from, I don't know, 91 or 90. You know, it's not, it doesn't even have a UPC code on it. 
um, I took it out of my little 10-inch section and, and gave it a spin. And, and one of my favorite things to do, we start after 4th of July, uh, I start doing little Facebook films, you know, the reels mm-hmm. um, or the stories. I, I, I don't know this shit. It's, it, the younger people take care of this <laughs> one. In which I take records out of it, my record collection that. by these bands yeah. and I spin them and I talk about them a little bit. Hmm. So where do you do that? Where do you, you do that on Facebook? On the Savage Mountain yeah, page? Yeah, I will. Okay. I, right. Uh, yeah, on the Savage Mountain Punk Fest page and the Savage Mountain Punk Arts page. So yeah, go follow go follow both of those. We stink at promoting things, but everybody go follow those pages so that you can know what they're doing. This is obviously their big event, is mostly what we're talking about, but they do stuff throughout the year. So and by the way, Jerry, how, yeah, we do. How, how much do ten inch singles suck because they don't fit in with your albums? They don't. Dude, fit ten in inches are the best. I'm talking bad about ten inches. I love, I'm I love ten inches. Are you I do too. No, I want. I want. I want. One of the things that one of the goals of the downstrokes is to uh, release a ten inch. Uh, we we just uh, we're, we just sent to press a new seven inch, which is our uh, downstrokes go horror punk. Hmm. <laughs> so you're gonna have so you just sent it to press, which means you're not gonna have it till next year's festival. Yeah, we will. We won't. We we're hoping to have it. Um, we're we're supposed to do something. We're supposed to do a show. October like 29th so we're hoping it might be there mm, Jesus, that. okay. that's pretty optimistic yes yeah <laughs> I, I, I live in optimism there you go too why not right negativity too much negativity uh, so, I do want to say I, I, I want to make a plug about the festival if, if yes, that's please. okay of course go ahead yeah. you guys, by all means uh, our tickets are cheap you can get a three day pass right now on Eventbrite for under $60 for all this music our hotels are cheap. Our beer and food is cheap. Um, you know, and I'm always amazed. You know, people in Frostburg, of course, you know, they'll like be like, oh, well, you know, it $20 for, for a Friday night with, with Mephiscopheles and the Jasons and the Prozacs. That's too much money. But they will pay twice that and drive to D.C. and pay D.C. prices for somebody else. Well, it costs thirteen dollars uh, to go great. see a movie. You know, I mean, it's 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 that's not that's not a lot of money for a night of entertainment. And and for a weekend worth of entertainment, <laughs> I tell you, did, did somebody just turn a chainsaw on? What that was that? I'm sorry, dude. That's I think a tractor is going by. <laughs> I, uh, I earlier like a heart. A Harley went by, and he had his radio. These guys who ride Harleys, but then they cr- they don't have the headphones on. They crank the stereo up so loud that they can hear the stereo while they're driving their Harley. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be worse than being a drummer on the hearing, I would think. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that that loud truck interrupted your plug, Jerry. Keep going. No, I just I just want to say it's a great scene. Uh, you know, which is which is why Tom, I think you invited me on this because you had a great time last year. Yeah. Uh, we're we're a welcoming community, and and you know we do everything in our power to put on great shows at great prices, and we want you to come out and hang out with us, and make new friends, and be part of the family reunion. Well, that's that's the thing, right? So it, for to uh, you know uh, double what you're you know kind of reinforce what you're saying, you know Neil and I have both gone to Riot Fest, we've gone to all these huge festivals. This is not the same as the festival feels in Chicago, and that's a good thing because it's very, it's very laid back. It's there's a level of friendliness that you don't have when you're in the big city. It's just, it really is. It, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm sure a month from now, Scott and I will come walking up to get in there and, and 
Jerry's partner Mercedes will once again bust our balls about something, you know, of no. So it's just, it really is. It's a good, it's, it's fun, man. I mean, it was, you two guys, you you two guys really do suck at promoting this. So you told us the bands, tell us what dates it's on, please. It is August 11th, 12th, and 13th in Cumberland, Maryland at Mezzo's. You can find out more information at www.svgmtnpunkfest.com or at savagemountainpunkarts.org. You can also find us on Facebook, both the event and, you know, the, the, the event has its own page, Savage Mountain Punk Fest, and the organization has its own page, Savage Mountain Punk Arts. You can also check out the Downstrokes at Bandcamp, uh, the downstrokes1.bandcamp.com, and uh, tickets are available uh, on Eventbrite for uh, every day, individual days and of course for the weekend and you can pay at the door i'm assuming too you can pay at the door and and you know one of the things is we you know we do it at a club you know we do it at a venue i don't want to be involved in doing things in a field in august where people could be you know out in 110 degree weather uh having to buy eight dollar waters there's no eight dollar waters Waters is fucking free and at a certain age, we don't want to camp. I mean, I, I love yes. a lot of these people putting on these camping fests are doing an amazing job and having amazing lineups and stuff. But we don't camp. Homie, don't camp. Exactly, Tom. I, I am with you 100%. I get these messages about, so, camping, dogs? I'm like, club, no, venue, no. hotel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bar, beer. Well, the funny thing is the Ramada, the, listen, this place is no palace, Neil. <laughs> But you almost <laughs> fall out of it into the venue. I mean, it's so, so, so close. Hold on. Come for the bands and stay the- stay for watching Tom wander in the hotel naked. Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's never naked. Never naked. All right, listen. It, we're going to play it, another it, song. It, the, no, go ahead. Can I just say the Ramada is uh, a one and a half block walk down an alley. And our other hotel, the Fairfield Inn, which is nicer. Uh, did I say that loud? Can you edit that out? Uh, <laughs> The Ramada well, if it is, is it is. I mean, block. there's no, there's no the lie. The Ramada is one and a half blocks away and one and a half stars <laughs> <laughs> out of ten. The Fairfield Inn is is like a five minute walk away, um, and uh, and gives a gives a decent discount on price too. I think I'll be well, staying at the funny, Fairfield. We, we actually we, we considered that, but ultimately, what it comes down to with the Ramada is that everybody's there. So so it wasn't even the dollar amount so much as just the fact that we wanted to be in the middle of all the action. So and you, I and you sure were. We'll be at the Ramada. <laughs> all right, we're going to play another song and then boy, it's getting late already, but I'll tell yeah. you what. Let's play another song and then we'll come back and I don't know what we'll do. Yeah. We'll come back though. Let's play let's play another song. We should and, play uh, Downstrokes, I think. Yes, we should play the Downstrokes. Tell us about this song, Jerry. This song is called "The Lies That We Believed." Uh, it's about. Are you sh- uh, are you sure that's what that's called? <laughs> I, th- I thought the song was called "Unsafe Unsafe at Any oh. Speed." I thought that's what that song was. But wait, wait, what? No, I thought I sent you the lies that we believe. Uh, is it from the album "Unsafe at Any Speed"? Now? It's from the album. Unsafe oh, see, that was on the that was on the name of the MP3. See, so that's what I took it as. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. Let what me, is the name of this lovely song, no, let Jerry? Me, let me check what I sent you real quick while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the great thing about technology, right? Do, 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 yes. do, I, I do, could do, easily do. have sent. No, this is it's from the album Unsafe at Any Speed, but it is the lies that we believe. Ah, I see. I okay. I got that confused. Sorry about that, everybody. The lies that we believe. Uh, 
And this is about sort of coming to terms with uh, one's own youthful um, hopefulness. You know, that sense that, you know, you sort of go through your teenage years, you know, with a sort of level of idealism that gets knocked out of you, and that's okay. You come back to it. So it's about coming to grips with the death of your youthful idealism. Or figuring no, a way to carry also, it with you into old age. But 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 also about how that gets replaced by something else. I mean, right, ultimately my youthful punk idealism, which so much of it is, you know, I, I, I don't believe in, like, pacifo-anarchism anymore mm-hmm. um, as anything but, like, you know, a good theory. Uh, but here I am running a punk fest, right? So sure. it's about taking taking the embers of it and building a new fire wow oh, there we go there we go look at that yes all right let's spin a neil spin a dj downstrokes the lies that we believe Shows. Best time staying out all night. Falling in love, a 
ago where that was the downstrokes, the lies that we believed. And uh, if we can take a me- message from that one, uh, it is uh, all you youngsters, just shut up and listen to what us old guys say because we know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> that's, basically, that's basically it. There you go. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but... <laughs> Well, Jerry, you, you, like I said, I don't know that we're going to make it on Thursday. We may. We may actually try to get it for Thursday. I don't know if we're going to make it Thursday. We'll definitely be Friday. So maybe stash a couple extra records on the, your new record. Because, I, like I said, I have the Fall in Love with Punk Rock again, but I don't have the Unsafe at Any Speed. I will certainly buy a copy from you if you have one there when I'm there. Same thing for you, same thing for you, Mike. If there's a new record threat album, I'll, I will buy it from you. But I, I assume those guys are going to be – they're playing Thursday too, so I might miss some, might miss some of you. They'll, they'll be around. Cool. And you better um, and you be better around. you better warn Mike the people. Told me he will be there the whole weekend. Oh, that's cool. Cool. You better what warn, I really want Go ahead. No, I was just about no, to say sorry. you better you better warn the people at the bar this time to get about twice as many PBRs as they got last time. Exactly. Yeah, especially, no especially, if Neil, especially if Neil comes. Then you have to get some like hoity toity beer too, like some Stella Ortiz or something, whatever whatever you're into, Neil. <laughs> I think that would be Guinness, Tom. I think you know that about There me. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny, Neil. What I really want to do right now yes, is sir. just talk to Jerry about the CBGBs in the early '80s. But we might have to save that for another day. That's fine. Yeah, well, it sounds like he's got tons of old school stories of touring. I the know. Fans and so stuff. Jerry, we might have to do like a maybe when you like when your new record comes out or something, we can get back together and talk about your new record and you know spend like the whole like an hour plus talking about downstroke stuff and like just. You telling us stories about the time like Sid Vader's puked on your shoes in 1982 or something? So, I I, I will I I have a great story about reconnecting with Cheetah Crumb. Oh, that's amazing! Well, I tell you what, seriously though, let's do that if you if you wanna if you I would be honored. If you're gonna do a little promoting of your new record when you're ready, because like I said, we, we if we we're gonna, we're gonna sit here for three hours, and as much as we Neil and I could do that, you know. It, of course, maybe people like it when like the episode's long enough they can listen to it every day and they'll be back and forth to work for a whole <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, no right? shit. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I gotta all right. I got to make dinner eventually, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you, wh- why don't you, you know, if you've got anything, I think we've done a pretty good job of promoting all this stuff. If you got something else you'd like to say, why don't you do that and we'll, you know, and you can pick one of the songs that we've got left to kind of wrap things up. And I can't this wait for that Cheetah Filmster, actually, because... We Neil and I are planning to go see the reconstituted Dead Boys in October, so that actually might work out really well with the release of your new uh, single if it gets yeah. pressed in time. Well, we could we could do that. Uh, I just want to say first of all, you guys are great, and and you guys do this show. Uh, it's another labor of love, and and that's really, I think, one of the things that punk rock taught me most absolutely but you do these things because you love it and if you love it you meet other people who love it too um <laughs> and so thank you we we do you know who we do the show for jerry we do the show for guys like neil and i who live in the suburbs and have families and still love the music but don't necessarily have a lot of other people to talk to about it you know what i mean it's, it's like it's like because because my wife doesn't care about you know doesn't want to put the later day ramones albums in order of you know how good they were but neil does so Yes, yes. And I've got a lot of angry things I want to get off my chest, so that's exactly. another reason why. He'll explode. He's <laughs> keeping him from having a stroke or an yes. aneurysm or something. Indeed. Well, thank you well, for coming. I, that, I, think, I think we should play out with that bastard bearded Irishman. What do you think? I think whatever, that sounds great. Pirates three rivers. Whatever yeah. you guys want. Pirates of Three Rivers. So, uh, hey, thanks for coming on, Jerry. It's been yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, we thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, not everybody can roll with the punches as well as you did, so we appreciate you, uh, you know. Having a good sense of humor. 
So. Uh, Vince, if you don't if you don't have a sense of humor, what's the point? Oh, we, oh, got to be laughing. Oh, we've had a few. Believe me, we've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a few. Hey, Neil, I want to hear how the Amtrak ride was. I'm telling you, it takes you literally right across from the Ramada. As long as I don't have to sit uh, next to anybody, it's all good. You there buy your you own go. car, you know, Daddy Warbucks. Just buy your own. Just like rent your own car. Just, just like do that. the sleeper car. That's what I did. It's more expensive, but it comes with comes comes with privacy, which I'm all for. Yeah, I'm all for that too. Go. True. In case you meet a meet a nice young uh, nice young lady on the trip, you got your own little uh, sleeper car. Yes, on the way to Cumberland, I'm sure there were plenty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that that's the train to DC, buddy. Oh, boy, there you go. There you okay. go. You never know, Neil. You never know. Anyway, thanks so much, Jerry. It was a pleasure yeah. talking Thank to you. Yeah, I'll and, see you guys uh, in August. Sounds Cheers. good, great, man. Good good luck with everything. Yep. And we're going to finish off with, Neil, what are we going to finish off with? Uh, bastard bearded Irishman. So, everybody, keep a little mark in your heart and stay free. And, Tom? We'll smell you later. Smell you later. Bastard bearded Irishman with Pirates of Three Rivers. Bye, everybody.
it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs>